0: this is wednesday night worship service here at the pine level Pentecostal wellness church september the 8th 2021 with our ce director reverend mac perry bringing the message church of jesus christ
1: welcome to our wednesday night bible study thank you for being here tonight god bless you for being here we get started tonight if you would let's stand together and we're going to start out by prayer and let's let's start out first of all praying for our barbecue chicken uh uh working together uh united together uh trying to uh, raise funds for our ministry uh Friday, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I know that God is going to bless it tremendously. So let's continue to pray for that, and thank you all for being here Friday, Thursday, and Friday, I think tomorrow morning you start at 10, uh, filling potatoes for all those that can be here and help with that, and uh, also Friday we start very early. Uh, we got a lot of deliveries very early, so uh Thank you. But let's keep it in prayer that everything will be in God's will and we do uh, to work together united for His kingdom. So uh, also, <clears throat> uh, let's continue to pray for Charles Pierce and remember him in your prayers and Brother Paul, uh, uh, Sister Pauline Mars, Sister Carolyn Edgerton, I think now, uh, they're telling her she's going to have to have a pacemaker, so let's continue to remember her. Also, our pastor is traveling. He's up and uh, taking a short vacation, with his, uh, being with his sister and family. So let's continue to pray for him tonight. And let's pray for our lost loved ones and all the lost in our nation and the things all around us. God, um, We need God's hand in everything that's going on now. So let's continue to pray. And let's keep the faith. Keep the faith and trust in Him. It's in His hands. And I believe that tonight. The title of our, of our lesson tonight is... The Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, the more I thought about what uh, Jesus was telling us in, those, uh, in our first, uh, first few verses tonight that I read, it just dwelled in my heart that he was uh, preparing his disciples about starting and birthing his church. Uh, and, it, and the Comforter would be there to always guide them and lead them and direct them. So we'll talk about that. In fact, I, I'm a little bit uh, excited about getting into it. For y'all that know me know that I love history. And tonight, to probably the first half of the lesson is, uh, you know, biblical history that I want to bring out and talk to you about. And I think it's important it, to understand the history uh, of what uh, has happened throughout the ages. Helps us understand, even at the time Jesus was talking to his disciples, he was referring to, you know, a whole new method, a whole new system of worship. That's what he was talking about. And you have to understand what the old style was versus what the new style is and the, the differences in the two and those kind of things. And I want to highlight that. So the first part of the lesson, and then we get into some really uh, um, other things that Jesus was teaching us. So let's pray for the message tonight that it will sink into our hearts. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for us that's here, dear Lord, and for those that are out there watching, Lord. Bless each one, Lord. Touch each one. We know there's things on their hearts, Lord. We know they have family needs, financial needs, family things, Lord, that's going on, Lord, that only you, dear Father, know about and that you are, Lord, working in the scenes to touch and bless them, Lord. Touch those all of us, Lord, that we have more faith and trust in you, dear Father. Lord, touch this Bible study tonight, Lord. Touch it that the Word penetrates our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we can go out and be a better witness, Lord, and testify to your Word and your truth, dear Father. And Lord, especially remember Brother Charles Spears and Sister Pauline and Carolyn, Lord, and all our family members, Lord, and all the ones that are lost dear lord we pray for them tonight lord we have a desire on our heart to see them touched and blessed dear father lord and touch the pine level church lord we thank you for what you're already doing lord and blessing us lord we welcome your holy spirit each time we're together lord we welcome your holy spirit in our homes and in our heart lord fill us full of your glory dear father we need it this day lord we need it to move forward lord we praise you tonight We bless you tonight as we gather together to bless your word tonight, Lord. And we thank you for this opportunity. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's read the scriptures first tonight. You may be seated. We're going to read in chapter 16, continuing in John. And uh, we're going to start with verse 5 tonight. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you... Asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, meaning it is advantageous for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart... I will send him unto you. And in verse 8, And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Verse 10, Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. And then verse 11 of judgment because the prince of the world is judge and whenever he talks about the prince of the world he absolutely is talking about devil um, Satan as he's also called so looking a little bit as we always do we're going to go back and uh, kind of refresh our memory Jesus is continuing to teach his disciples he's in the now actually in the last moments uh before his arrest. And last week uh, we talked about uh, what uh, Jesus was teaching us that in sixteen one through 4. He says, I'm telling you, don't be offended. And, and what he means is don't go astray. Don't get discouraged. Don't get upset about what's going to happen to you. Because uh, it is going to happen and there's a purpose, there's a reason for it. For example, they will put you, to, as the second verse told us, they were going to put you out of the synagogues. Basically throw you out. And I mentioned last week what that means. In fact, he said, the same ones that's throwing you out of the sin of God are thinking they're doing you a favor uh, by persecuting you and killing you, as we talked about. And, you know, they, they were... <clears throat> they, but they do these things, and Jesus keeps emphasizing they're doing these things not for favors to God, but because they don't know who God really is. That's what he's saying, because he said many times, if they don't know me, they don't know my Father. And then uh, the last verse, he said, I told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. It is very important, it is very important that we understand why Jesus is warning us, as I mentioned last week. He's warning us so we'll be prepared. He wants our hearts to be prepared. When we're not prepared, we get caught off guard and we're at a disadvantage. We don't want to be at disadvantage in this old world that we in. We, we want to be uh, in the advantage and we are when we have the truth and we have Jesus Christ on our side because He is the truth. Everything else... In this world, is a lie. Jesus is the truth. So He's continuing to prepare His disciples and continuing to uh, prepare us. And He's continuing what I love is talk to them as friends, which the wording, the way the Word read to me is He wants us to treat each other as friends, and meaning openly and honestly and trusting each other and depending on each other and loving each other. He wants us to be prepared also. The truth will prepare us. He don't want us to be caught off guard. And uh, Jesus was saying that, you know, also letting them know that He was saying to them, preparing them, Don't be upset when they throw you out of the synagogue. Now, And I reminded us last week what that really means. I want to highlight everything. But being thrown out of the synagogue was very important back then. As I mentioned, it wasn't like you could go down the street and join another church or just, you know, go, go be a part of another church. The Jewish nation, the temple was sacred. It was where they all gathered, and uh, seven different feasts, I think it was in the beginning when Moses uh, set it all up. But there was, uh, it, it was uh, where they worshiped. Everybody went to worship there. It was a sacred place. It was a place that they heard the Word of God. It was a place that um, the Word of God was taught. They didn't read Scriptures, they didn't have the Scriptures. This is where to preach, this is where they were forgiven for sin. It was a very important part of a life part of their economic life, their social life. They could lose their jobs. I mean, I, I told you about it. So the church back then was very important, but but God is saying, so, so you can see how detrimental that was. You can see how they were raised in that environment. That was very important to them, but God, uh, Jesus is teaching them, don't let that discourage you. Don't let that you know bother you, because i got a plan. I've told you what the plan is. The comforter is coming. You know, when you put it all together, God has got a great plan. He's got a vision. Was. He's got a plan, and with a vision, you have to have a plan. And the plan is what uh, uh, Jesus is now sharing. And uh, it was very important. The third verse is telling us that anyone who kills you is thinking they're doing God some kind of favor. As I mentioned, they're not doing God any kind of favor. And then I ended up last week talking about rejoicing in our persecutions. You know, when you really look at what we've learned thus far in the first 15 Uh, Chapters and starting in 16 chapters, and what Jesus has been teaching, especially starting in about uh, 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 chapter 13, 14, and 15, what He taught us, what He's been teaching His disciples is, we are to rejoice in our persecution. It is going to happen. Why? Why? Because it tells us several things. First of all, that you know, to to uh, others, it demonstrates. How true of a Christian we really are is how we rejoice in our persecution as I talked about last week. Just like Paul and Silas did. You know, Paul and Silas was beaten, thrown in jail, but what did they do? They rejoiced and they sang praises to God and God shook the jail and released them. And what did that jailer do? He bowed down and begged For forgiveness. He asked, how do I get saved? So this is the kind of example that God wants us to set. This is the kind of example that we should be living. And teaching and telling everyone about who God really is. Jesus says, I do these things because he loves us. He loves us. He loves us dearly. And he knew what we were going to to face. But also Jesus was preparing, and we'll get more into that tonight, who was preparing his disciples for something very special. It's really starting to gather in my little mind of what Jesus is putting together. His birth of His church. Think about that. The birth of Jesus's, Jesus Christ's church. It was a part of God's plan all along to send His Son. The truth, the great uh, uh, sacrifice for us. He meant that the church would be birthed. He, he knew that, that being separated from the synagogue and the temple was a foundation for them to go start His church, to put His trust, put their trust and belief in Him. So when we look at our Bible study tonight, starting in chapter 5, I mean verse 5 of chapter 16, let's start with a little history and background and we're going to work our way up to His church. So I think it's very important to understand biblically the history of what God has been teaching us. When you go back 1,500 years before Jesus was born. You go back where the Jewish people uh, was with Moses, and Moses, uh, you know, uh, Moses was their leader at the time, and God was leading Moses. And when the Israelites reached the Promised Land, Moses set up a uh, method and a a way of worshiping. So there were seven different tribes. Seven different tribes went out, and to the land that God promised them. And each household uh, inherited, the head of each household, inherited land. And this was all over the kingdom of Israel. And and this system of worship that Moses built uh, made the person, the people, the Jewish people, responsible for making a long journey to this centralized place, This temple, and they would travel from all over. In fact, uh, the way when you read history, some of these people had to travel to to do one of the seven uh, celebrations or uh, uh, seven feast days at the time. They had to travel as much as a week. It took five to seven days for them to travel and get there. So it was. Uh, not a great system, but it was a positive thing. It was a plan. It brought cohesiveness amongst the Jews. It brought them together seven times at the time and, and feast where they worshiped together, and they were forgiven and a lot of things. It was a system of worship, but it had its drawbacks. It had a lot of drawbacks. First of all, you know, as I said, it, it, they had to travel long distances, and it was only worshiping certain times. It wasn't worshiping all the time. It was worshiping a certain time. And then what began to happen around 606 B.C., before Christ, uh, wars broke out in the northern kingdom of Israel. And it started many wars. And many of the Jewish people were killed, and many of them also were scattered from their homelands, and they never returned back to the homeland of Israel. Some of them even had to hide, and, and they didn't return. Some of the Jewish people... So to continue worshiping, what they did is they actually started a synagogue on their own. They started worshiping when there was ten or more gathered, I think, they they could uh, start a synagogue. So many of the people still traveled long distances to uh, worship. Now, as time went on, it was narrowed down to only a few different times each year, uh, like Passover and like Pentecost. But I want to tell you, this system wasn't working well for many reasons. For many reasons, and God knew that God had a plan, and with God's plan, He had the details of executing that plan. And you know, He start He uh, uh, Jesus is starting to tell us that there was two main reasons in my heart that I understand. Two main reasons why, and that's very obvious as we've been studying why Jesus. Uh, why this plan is being executed now. What's happening with the crucifixion? What's happening with sending the Holy Spirit? When you think about the plan that's being laid out, the starting of his church. First of all, God knew that uh, it, the two reasons. Let me first of all, the two reasons. First, the temple leadership, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the high priests, all had become worldly. That's, the be- that's my words. But that's the best way to say it. They had become worldly. It was a worldly operational system. Sounds familiar today, doesn't it? It had become a worldly operational system. And it proved itself quickly that it was not going to believe in the ministry of Jesus Christ. It was not going to accept Jesus Christ as the Savior. So that was the first reason. The, the temple was not going to accept who Jesus Christ really was. This, they did not accept Him as the Messiah and, uh, and Lord of the temple, which, which God did not make God happy, as John tells us in 2, uh, 13 and 14. The second reason is God's plan... I, I like my words was in now international, God's word, uh, His plan for worship now was international. I'm, I know I'm putting this in real simple terms, but it helps us understand where we, where Jesus is heading with His what uh, with God's great plan, and uh, international meaning gentle Gentiles and worldwide meaning everybody. God's plan was everybody was going to be able uh, you know be able to look to Jesus and be saved. He was going to be Savior for all. So meaning that Jesus' Jesus's followers worldwide could stay in touch with Jesus personally. Think about that. Each person could stay. That was his vision worldwide for Jesus Christ. Every person could have Jesus Christ. Jesus' new system of worship was a plan that transitioned. Like, these are my words, but this is what was going on. Transition. From an elaborate temple, hallelujah, of stone to a temple of the heart. To each one of us becomes a temple. Think about the great plan of God, what's going on here. Now the message of God is with each person and traveling with each person within their heart. And testimony and testifying each day, all the time. It was a method of worship that was a hundred percent a temple of God. That was a great communications also. Jesus' plan, new system of worship, included a plan where Jesus' followers anywhere, anytime in the world could each experience the power of God. You didn't have to go to brick and mortar to experience the power of God. God's new plan. I know I'm putting this simple, but I got excited the more God put in my heart how simple His plan is. Dad, how much He loved us. And He wanted to live inside of each one of us. God's plan was a personal plan for us. This meant that each one of His followers became, think about it, a temple of God. We are a temple of God. And Jesus is at the head of each one of us as the uh, temple of God through the Holy Spirit. And what a great communications, what a great communications of getting His Word out when each one of us accept and carry the message out. We didn't have to all travel somewhere different times in the year. So God had a great plan and a great plan to execute. Moses' worship system, was built around feast that allowed people only to worship when they made long journeys. The Holy Spirit wonderfully lets us worship every day, all the time, and is warm and capable of filling us and touching us and blessing us at any moment. All we have to do is allow Him, all the saints at all at the same time, can have a blessing from God can be blessed from God it ain't one at a time it's all of us at the same time because the holy spirit is omnipresence you've heard the word before omnipresence you look at the definition of omnipresence basically everywhere anywhere all the time that's who Jesus Christ that's who the holy spirit is Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection guaranteed the success of God's plan to be executed. Hallelujah. Where it all can be reached. Everyone can be reached and everyone can be blessed on the starting the day of Pentecost. You know in the first 40 years the first 40 years after Pentecost, the new way of worship of Jesus Christ as living temples was very successful. The new covenant spread very rapidly throughout the whole Roman Empire. Especially, think about when Peter uh, preached to a large crowd. I want to read that tonight. I want to read that. When you read, you know, this is something that sometimes I think we often ought to uh, 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 read. Jenny, now I'm going to uh, Acts 2, 38 through 47... And it just blessed my heart when I read this and let this sink, sink in to about God's church. How God sent His Son. How God lets each one of us, hallelujah, accept Him into our hearts and become a temple. Listen to what He says, starting in verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, this is when Peter's great sermon where I think 3,000 people was saved. Think, read, l- let me read this to you. It, it it'll bless you. It'll bless you. when you get down. You get discouraged. You 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 get to looking. Does anybody really love me? Read this. Read this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. And ye all receive the gift, the gift of hallelujah, the Holy Spirit. For the promise it unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation, or this crooked generation. Then they gladly received his word, gladly received His Word. Hallelujah! We should, it's a gift, as He tells us. And We should be gladly receiving the Holy Spirit and receiving the Word to be baptized. And the same day, there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. So they, stead, they stood fast. They, st- they, they had the faith they had the confidence. They believed. God blessed them. Listen to what He did. In breaking bread and in prayer together. And fear come upon every soul. And many, listen, listen. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Hallelujah. Those that are temple of God, God will bless with miracles and signs. And all that believe were together. And all had things common Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless your word, dear Father. And reading on in verse 45. Hallelujah. And they sold their possessions and good and pardoned them to all men. And every man had need. What it say to me there? God is not expecting us today to say, give everything up from from where you live and, and where you drive and where you work. I think God's saying, give completely ourselves to Him. We are to be committed. We are to comprehend His Word. We are to understand His Word. We are to be blessed by His Word. He wants us committed to His Word. We are to give up everything, hallelujah, if it keeps you from being blessed by His Word. He wants His Word to sink into your heart. He wants His Holy Spirit in our heart every moment, every day. If there's something holding you back from that, then we are to get rid of it. We are to give it to Him. Hallelujah! And then they concluded daily in one accord. Hallelujah! In the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God! Having favor with all his people. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing knowing. Don't you want to be in God's favor tonight? Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to know you in his favor. And all we have to do is accept him and trust him. Put our faith in him. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such such as should be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God wants to grow His church. God wants to bless His church. He wants us to be that church that goes out and blesses and reach. Hallelujah. Peter preached also the word repent. 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 Those out there that don't know Jesus Christ tonight, hallelujah, repent. All you gotta do is ask him to forgive you. Ask God to touch you and He will. Hallelujah. 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 So the old system didn't work very well. But the new system, hallelujah, all we have to do is accept them and it, it is working well. Well, we do or don't. God's plan is going to be executed. God's plan is going to be done. Hallelujah. And when you look at the last verse, saying he's already doomed. He's doomed for hell. His sins has already been judged. He's already been, sin has been judged. Hallelujah. 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 In A.D. 70, a little bit more history. A.D. 70, a Roman army destroyed Jerusalem. And tore it down, temp, tore, the temp, tore Jerusalem down. But when I think about the words, hallelujah, what a powerful message. The temple was destroyed stone by stone. The Bible didn't say they blew it up, pushed it down, knocked it down. They said it was removed stone by stone. You know what that means to me and what that sinks into my heart? Is that it was intentionally Done by the Romans. It was spitefully done by the Romans. It was to destroy the Jewish nation. It was to destroy God's people. It was intentionally to hurt people. Hallelujah. And the same thing, if we're not careful, is going to happen to us today. We got to be careful that God, that God stays in our heart that we don't allow people, hallelujah, and things of this world to destroy God's temple. God's temple, remember, is us. Hallelujah. They cannot. Hallelujah. They cannot destroy the temple of God. Hallelujah. They can't destroy us if we don't let Him, folks. They can't do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel that tonight. God wants us to hold on with the faith and not let persecution destroy us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That destruction of the temple was devastating to the, to the Jewish nation. It, it almost destroyed them. It, in fact, many ways did. But you know what? Hallelujah. At that same time, at that same time in the same place, the temple of God, His Word was still being spread. His word was still being carried out. His plan was still being executed. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the temples of God, was going out into the world. It didn't slow them down none. They were devastated. They didn't have a problem. It wasn't their temple anymore. Their temple was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! 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 And wherever the Spirit was, Wherever the Spirit of Jesus Christ dwelt, hallelujah, God's living temple, the witness was going on. Hallelujah, God's Word was being spread. Souls were being saved. People were being blessed. Hallelujah. So when we think about the strictures tonight, hallelujah, what Jesus was saying to His disciples. As a human, hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm even limited as a human. And I can't go achieve my Father's plan as a human. Hallelujah. I have to leave you. I have to leave this old flesh. And I have to give you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, that is also the same as I and my Father. The three of us will be with you wherever you go. As soon as I leave you, I need to leave so you can have Oh, uh, have me everywhere. Hallelujah. We are limited in the flesh too, people. It made me think about that. It just came to my mind again when God, Jesus admittedly said, I'm, that's what He's saying. I have to leave you. If I don't, I can't send a comforter and I can't bless as do my Father wants to bless. Hallelujah. So He's saying to us, Well, you know, we have to be careful in this old flesh. If we remain in the flesh, we're very limited. We're very limited in what we can do in this flesh. We need His Holy Spirit to live in this temple. This body becomes a temple. Hallelujah is how we'll go out and carry His Word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When I think about the history and the background and what was going on at that time, when I go back and look at verses... 5 through 7 that we started with the night. Now I'm going away. And the one who sent to the one who sent me. None of this, none of you seem interested in this. And the purpose of it is what he was saying. Of my going. And none of you wonders why I'm going. It is true. You know, I think about Simon Peter, Peter one of the thoughts that came in my mind as I'm studying, but, you know, Simon Peter did ask the question you know, where are you going? But it was only because, hallelujah, He was sad that He was leaving. It wasn't out of wanting to know why He was leaving or where He was going and what was going to happen. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew as soon as the Holy Spirit come and they would feel, be filled with the Holy Spirit, they, they would know exactly what to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fact is what He said in the Scripture "Not is it better for me to leave you if I don't, the Comforter can't come. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit would come and have, have, take care of things. Hallelujah. Our last four verses tonight, 8 through 11, I'm not going to go in detail on those. I was truly blessed as I read those. Really, next week, spend some time on verses 8 through 12 and more. On the words when Jesus was saying, let me read it to you. I'm going to highlight some things, but next week I'm going to go into a lot more details. So as I'm concluding, I do want to mention what we'll be studying next week. It's it's on my heart, and I want it to sink into your heart what he's saying here. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. That's what he's saying in our verses uh, eight 11. In the regards to sin, because men do not believe in me. And what does that mean? It means basically they're separated from him. In fact, the scriptures tells us that even means they're rebellious against him. We'll talk about that more. In regards to righteousness, because I am going to my Father where you can see me no longer. We'll talk about a little bit more about the word righteousness next week. And in regards to judgment, because the prince of the world now stands condemned. The devil has already been judged. We have to understand clearly that all will be judged. No matter what person is thinking today, where they don't believe they're going to be judged or not, they will be judged. That's what the Word of God tells us. We're going to talk about that. The devil is defeated. Sin is defeated. You will be judged if you have sin in your life. And even if you have nothing in your life, you're still going to be judged. God is going to judge us all. Jesus is prophesying prophesying the Holy Spirit will come as the counselor and teacher of truth, the spirit of truth. And it would begin the age of of the church of Jesus Christ the true church of Jesus Christ the fact is that all people will not confess or repent or accept but they have to make a decision we all have to make a decision we'll talk about some of that next week and what it really means what it really means as it tells us in our scriptures to rebel against God against God. The Apostle Paul said, and this will summarize a lot of what he's saying, what we'll be studying next week. He, Paul, Paul was really asking these questions in, uh, Jenny, in chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. These are basically questions Paul is asking. How then can they t- call on the one They have not believed them. That's what that verse is saying to us. How can you call? How can you pray? How can you ask, hallelujah, God to do something in your life when you don't even believe in His Son, Jesus Christ? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard if they're not willing to listen to the Word of God, to open up their hearts and minds, to understand as Jesus is trying to help us do? If you're not willing to understand, then how, how can you believe? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So if they're not willing to hear someone telling them, how can they hear it? And how can they preach, hallelujah, this one is a big one in my heart today. How can they preach unless they are sent? You can't preach the Word of God the way God wants to preach unless you're called by Him. You can't teach it. You can't prophesy it. You can't evangelize it. You can't anything God's Word and make an impact without being called by God. I believe that. You have to be called by God to do these of uh, God. To be an evangelist, to be a pastor, to be a pastor, to be a teacher. And, hallelujah, it includes if you are called, that you have to trust every moment in God's Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that more next week. The God's Holy Spirit is what will lead us in the right directions, the appropriate directions, the correct direction, and in the way that He wants us to go. Genesis 3, 7 and 11. Not going to go there, but I just want to briefly mention it. If you want to go back and read it some other time. That people have consciousness, a more sense of right, a moral sense of right and wrong. We are born with it. We all even though we're sinners, we're all sinners, we know what is right and what is wrong. And it started back with Adam and Eve. They made a decision, didn't they? They knew what was wrong. They knew what was right. Romans two and fifteen. It is the work I said that for this reason. It is the work of the Holy Spirit, is what it tells us in 2 and 15, to lead the people to realize their conscience is telling them about their relationship with Jesus Christ. God does touch people's hearts, sinners too, and lets them know that they are doing wrong. And God lets us know that Holy Spirit touches people. That's why it's important for us to pray for people. It's why it's important that we witness to people. Our words that is given to us through the Holy Spirit will touch people, will bless people, will open up their hearts and their minds to sin. Sin is a disease of the heart. Sin is a disease of the conscience, And it is only cured by the great physician, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Would you stand with me tonight? Sin is an indictment of the condition of the heart. Sin also is an indictment in, in, in the word right, as a standard for righteousness. I'll talk about that. And then sin as an indictment against the judgment will help you understand what that means, what Jesus is saying to us in these scriptures. Living a Christian life is absolutely having a changed heart, a Jesus Christ heart, a heart that will be changed from being a part of this world to be separated from this world and the evil things of this world to have a heart that trusts and loves Jesus Christ, the Son of God. A changed mind is meaning our way of thinking is changed to the way Christ wants us to think and understand what Christ wants us to do. And that is having a spirit of truth, a spirit of comprehension and understanding, a a spirit of commitment, a spirit of confidence, a spirit of the Holy Word being witness to others. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of God's Bible study. Thank you for being a part of this night. God bless you. uh, Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. Lord, thank you for your blessings. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence of your Holy Spirit, dear Father. Thank you for loving us, dear Lord. Thank you for your word that leads us and guides us and directs us, dear Father. Thank you for all that you do, dear Father. Thank you for loving the Pine level church, Lord. We thank you for our pastor and his wife, Lord. We thank you for our leadership, Lord. We thank you for all the people that faithfully attend and love your church, Lord. We thank you for all those gifts, Lord. But most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that lives in us, Lord. Lord, we need more more of your power, dear Father. We need more of your love in all of our hearts, Lord. Open them up to receive them this night and every moment going forward, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, help us this week to touch someone, to call someone and touch them and bless them, Lord. To pray for each other this way, dear Father. And as we work together, dear Father, we love each other we work together, Lord, to build your kingdom, Lord, and it be the best day Hallelujah, united together, Lord, that we've ever had, Lord, building this kingdom for you, Lord. And Lord, most of all, let us reach a lost one, Lord, that day, Lord. Hallelujah, what a wonderful thing, Lord, that we can witness to someone. Hallelujah, and bless someone through barbecue chicken, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. I know you feel as I do is somewhat humorous, but Lord... In your power and wisdom, it is possible. Through barbecue chicken, we can touch a soul, dear Father. We can bless someone, dear Father, and lift them up in your name and in your glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name, dear Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight.
0: You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Owners Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Owners Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street, and we welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget. If you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal in church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link and you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For 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 everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.